You are listening to Done With The Dumb Stuff, hosted by Next Level Success Coach, Empowerment Speaker, Arthur, and founder of the Phenomenal Woman Empowerment Network, Sharice L. Irby. Sharice is a storyteller, so the topics and discussions are woven with her real-life experiences and are selected to empower, encourage, equip, and elevate listeners to live their best, most authentic lives. Get ready for a different perspective and listen at your own risk. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Done With The Dumb Stuff Podcast. Yeah, we were on a little break because we were traveling. We were out the country. We were in Greece. We had some things that were, were happening. We had some shenanigans that was going on. But we are back in our first episode back. I am just, you know, y'all, I'm always excited, but today I'm like doing cartwheels. They're invisible cartwheels uh, because I have my brother from another mother. I have someone to join me. This is going to be an amazing episode. So get ready because we're going to dive into a couple different topics. I'm getting the male perspective on today. I'm bringing the men to the table on today uh, with none other than the entrepreneurial mogul, uh, city councilman for Chandler, Arizona, O.D. Harris. What up, everybody? Thank you so much for having me on. I so appreciate it. I'm excited, man. I'm ready to get into this conversation. Just you know, keep it. I'm gonna keep it 100 real. I'm gonna just keep it real. That's what I'm so gonna do. We I'm in keep it trouble. Real. We in trouble yeah. if you keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm taking I'm taking the mute off of my mouth. I'm t- I'm putting the politics to the side. I'm giving you 100 authentic conversation from the heart. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay, everybody. So you got to be able to share, let your friends know that they need to listen to this podcast episode. Uh, We know that it's going to be enriching and fulfilling. So we're going to jump into it. So there's so many things that we need to talk about, OD, because we're so overdue for this. Um, But let's, let's tackle this first. And I see you got on your mental health matters shirt. Woo woo! Mental health yes. matters. And, made um, made from the phenomenal woman herself, Doctor Sharice L. Irby Castle. Not now apparel. Not now apparel. I love it. Um, so, unfortunately, just days ago, we all, as a culture, as a community, found out that we lost another dynamic black man um, twitch from our uh, community to suicide. That's what we know as of now. And recently, David Mann has come out and he shared that he was dealing with um, depression. and, And I applaud people who are speaking up and speaking out because it just lets us know that, you know, we're not alone. No one person is alone. 
Um, but what I kind of want us to talk about a little bit is from the male perspective. Because see, women have been talking for decades, right? Women talk. We get in our circle. We get among each other. We talk. We talk about our feelings. We talk about who have made us mad. We talk about not being able to pay our bills, not being able to buy them Louis Vuittons. We, we talk to each other. Uh, and not saying that we all... Uh, we all talk, but for the most part, we get in our sister circles and we talk about things and we talk about what we're going through. Um, but men don't do that generally. There may be pockets, but in general, men don't always communicate what's going on and what's happening one to another or to anyone else. They kind of hold it in. So from a male's perspective, OD, start talking to us about um, maybe your perception on why it's difficult for most men, we know it's not all, but for most men to talk about their feelings or talk about failures or talk about maybe things that may not put them in the best light and, and they hold it in and then they get to this place where they feel like, their families or the world would be better off without them. Come on and well, talk to us. You know, I think that number one, thank you for having me on. I so appreciate you so much and always an amazing, amazing person to collaborate with. And, uh, and you are the, the true phenom, you know, and so I appreciate you and honor you. But I think um, when, when we talk about men and we're not going to say all men, but we're going to say some men, when men show their vulnerabilities, that could be a sign of weakness, which then creates a sign of insecurity, which then creates a sign that I am no longer this strengthened man. Most men want to be perceived as strong, sharing or over communicating or touching into our emotional side. It tends to show an vulnerability. Most men, we have layers of protection that we put up because we're built to be strong. Um, no one has really taught us how to unmask. Like when I become, when I was young, you know, father taught me that you're going to do these type of sports. You're going to do this. You're going to grow up, be a man. You're going to work hard. You're going to love the Lord. And you're going to do these things. All these things were masculine movements. So if you've been in tune, a man makes masculine movements. A woman also, she starts out being built feminine. She made feminine movement. But what we've seen in society, women have went from a feminine movement into incorporating a masculine movement in order for her household to survive. But men have always been masculine. Men has not been built to be, um, men are not built the same way that it is. It, it, they From grade school, they separate us. They tell us what this is. They tell us what this is. They kind of take us through that process. And now we become this person. Um, but I think this is the real truth. Men don't communicate as much because it, it could cause weakness. It could make them feel insecure. It can make them feel like they're not being man. They can feel like, you know, I don't want to talk to this woman about this. You know, I, I'm a man. You know, I'm not going to cry to my woman about this issue, that issue. But what we finding out today, the more men keep their mouth closed, the less we get. The more we keep our mouth closed, the less um, resources that we can receive. The more we keep our mouth closed, the more things happen that could be prevented if we just open up our mouth and i think that's locked into how we're built with an ego we built with pride all those things we're built with it 
but it takes a real man. And this is the, this is the caveat. It takes a real man to step up and say, you know, I'm going to communicate. I'm going to be vulnerable with my woman. I'm going to be vulnerable with my feelings. I'm going to talk to a therapist. I'm going to talk about these things and I'm going to get these things out and I'm going to put them out in the open. But that right there is challenging for, um, for us to do. But then when we do do it, they don't believe like not every man wants to work, but we do it. Not every man wants to work. And <laughs> when you're built like this, society has put double standards in place. Series, and we, I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of us don't want to do the things that, that we've been taught to do, but you let a woman tell it, that's what you're supposed to do. So guess what? A man is taught is, you know, what do you do when you're explaining to someone I don't really want to take out the trash. I prefer washing dishes. No, you're a man. You take out that take trash. Out the trash. You know what? That is such a good point. You just really, uh, I, I think about this all the time, but I didn't think about the point that you just made is that um, a man may not want, a man has been pre-programmed since he's come out of his mother's womb to operate a certain way and to think a certain way and to be a certain way. Um, for, I can remember when my boys were little, I mean, they were probably like, you know, um, four, maybe five. And I would be like, okay, the boys take out the trash, you know, that that's the man's job. So you got to take out the trash. And so I would kind of hold the top and they'd be holding the bottom and, you know, we go take the trash out. But as soon as they could carry it by themselves, trust, they was taking the trash out, right? Um, but we don't necessarily, well, I'm built from a different cloth. I had my boys washing dishes and doing everything. So I wanted them to be self-sufficient. So they learned how to sort clothes, do laundry. They learned how to cook. They learned how to wash see, dishes. My mom, been, my mom did not teach. See, my dad died when I was 14. And I seen how my dad operated up to 14. My mom never had me washing dishes. My mom never had me cooking in the kitchen. My mom never had me doing anything household chores. So when I became older as a man, guess what type of woman I was picking? A woman that can cook, clean, do this and do that. Because my mama said, no, that's not what you do. You do this. Women do this. You see how messed up that is? And now we're in a society where we're living with I independent women. I'm an independent woman. <laughs> I'm independent. I don't need no man. I'm like, hmm, I don't know about that. I wish women stopped saying that you don't need a man. You you know so what I'm saying? So let me jump in real quick and say, okay. I need a man. Okay, you need a man? That All right. Not, well, that is not well, I mean, you want resources? Huh? It's not what well, the Bible says. It's not good for man to be alone. Correct. That's and I I'm need saying. a man. Right. So I, that's why I never understood when people say, I don't need no man. You do need a man. You need someone that you can collaborate, talk with, partner, have life decisions with, a significant, you know, whatever, whatever your preferred mate is. Everyone needs a significant other in their life to help bounce things off because like we're doing life together. And so some of y'all need some significant others. It's not good for us to be alone. I need, I need, I have, I have a needs. <laughs> you I have, have needs. You have, have needs. needs. You know, shoot. But you know, I think we got it. Society is, man. But think about how trained they got us. Think about it. Oh, when it's time to, you know, like remember all the Western movies? It was never a woman leading the role in Western movies. It was always a man. 
Remember all the movies that you think, think about it. Society is training you this way, you guys. This is why men don't do some of the things they do. We're trained in movies. We're trained that a man is the superhero. It was not just until recently, not long ago, I say last 20 years, we start seeing women um, probably back in the 70s be this. We had um, Wonder Woman. Foxy Brown. Yeah, we had Foxy Brown. We had Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was about that was about it. Yeah, and, and no one, and, 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 and think about the movies that they had, like Snow White. You know what I'm saying? Here comes the man to rescue her. She has to get a kiss from the man da, 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 in order to take her to the next level. I mean, women are princesses. They're queen. They're this. And not, they are. But society has always put them in the most vulnerable roles in movies to train men. You have to rescue her. <laughs> you have to mm -hmm. a woman is only limited to do so much a woman can't fight for a man a woman can't do this a woman can't do, that's how society and they do it in movies and i don't understand why we feed into the propaganda that that happens and so guess what happens with us men we start trapping our feelings in our side because we can't go to a woman because society has trained us that woman cannot handle the issues of a man based on what we see every day and it's just absolutely not true so that's what we bought into Men do this, women do this, and it's a double standard society. I see now more women going out there leading roles for the household. And I don't know if women are okay with men staying at home and working and them going out there making the big bucks, taking, you know, if they got kids. I don't know. But I see it happening. It, it is happening. I think it's what works for a relationship. But I think what I want to zero in on for a minute is, is what happens when you have a man who feels like he no longer is doing what he's been trained to do, or he feels insufficient, or he feels vulnerable in an area, or he's no longer feeling fulfilled. Um, all of those things men have been taught to keep inside. So if he's not talking to his woman, and if he's not talking to his boys, where is his outlet? What is helping him go through the feelings of what he may be feeling? Because oftentimes I think, okay, what is a person feeling? Where, What crossroads are they at when they make the decision to check out and take their own lives? What crossroads are they at? And, and so I can only imagine that they're feeling hopeless. They're feeling like, their situation or circumstance cannot change or they're feeling like their loved ones are better off without them in their lives. Everybody would be better off without me because I'm no longer X. I'm no longer this or I'm failing. We're having financial problems or we're, you know, whatever may be going on and they feel like they're no longer um, able to provide, or maybe they feel like their contributions are are no longer valuable or needed or any of those things. So how do we, how as women, can we support you? How do we support our men? Maybe we're seeing something. We know something's not right with you. We know your smile has changed. We know your walk has changed. We know, you know, you're a man. 
how would Elizabeth, your wife, or me, your sister, how what how would we be able to approach you to help you through what we may be seeing? Yeah, you know, this is the thing. The Bible says it very clearly. Know those who you labor among. Uh, and you really have to know that person. And sometimes it's hard with mental health because sometimes I can't touch the thing that's bothering you. I can't, like, if, if I can rub your back and that no longer bothers the pain, then I will rub your back. If I can hold your hand or if I can say something nice that can help you get past what you're dealing with, um, I will do that. But with mental health, um, with mental health, it becomes a struggle to describe what is going on. Oftentimes we only see the reactive behaviors, the short temper, the, um, the, just a, a lot of different behaviors that may, and some people may not display any of those type of behaviors. Some people may just display calmness, coolness, and, and quietness and, and not, and not talk to you about it. I think the thing with that men that we often do, we often retreat to ourselves and we don't have a person to go retreat to. And sometimes our woman think we want to retreat to you. And sometimes we think that, you know, this for anybody, sometimes you want to retreat to your significant other. You're like, Hey, that's where you're supposed to retreat to is to the significant other. But sometimes you need someone else outside of that. That's why I don't believe that people should work in isolation and relationship. They should have relationships and not isolationship with one particular person, whatever that looks like, there needs to be a um, there needs to be a protection around you, a group of people, perhaps your pastor, your therapist, your business partner, your, your family members, you need to have those people around you. But I will say this, there's a lot of pressure sometimes that even the significant other may not be giving, but the person feels this is what I should be doing and feeling disappointed because I'm not meeting the standard that I felt that should be. We should do enough we should be able to coddle each other and say, you're good enough. You're more than enough. Right where you are, you're more than enough. If there, were, if we were a cardboard box in an outside and you wasn't making this money or you wasn't doing you're still good enough for me. I think about like examples in the Bible. Remember, Samson. Samson fell into the arms of Delilah and she found out what his strength was. Why was that? That's a whole mental health conversation. He knew his responsibility as a man. God had already ordained him, appointed him, and told him what he needed to do. And God revealed to him that your strength, you, I'm going to use your physical strength to be my battle axe, to be the Superman, to be the hero, and you're going to save these people. That's a lot of stress on a brother. So guess what? Guess what he does? Man, he started going to hang out with someone else to help relieve his mental health. His mental health. Because we don't learn in the Bible that we know that Jesus and we know that God is a, is a refuge in a time of trouble. We know all these biblical scriptures, but we don't understand how to apply them to our lives. And so Samson knew what he needed to be, but he lost track when he wanted to get some relief from what he needed to be. So what did he do? He went somewhere else to so he can be someone different. 
because he got tired of being what he needed to be. And some men get so tired of being what they need to be. They just want to do something different that doesn't, that does not have to line up with the standards of society. And I simply just want to be me. I want to do something different. I may not want to go to work every day. I may not want to take out the trash. Maybe I want to sit at home all day for a month. Maybe I want to go eat peanut, you know, go have pina coladas and, and cry all day. Maybe I want to do that. But if I do that, as a man, society frowns on me. Society tells me that I'm not being a man. Society tells me I'm not living up to the expectation of a man. Society tells us every single time you listen to women lies. I want man, my man to work. He going to work because that's what he's supposed to do. A man is tired. And then what do you do with a great man who has all these feelings and fears of disappointment? Because let me tell you, the minute a man say, I don't want to do something that society has trained him to do, every person, not every person, but most people in society will say, no, men, you are not allowed to stay at home. You ask any woman, is it okay if your man stay at home? She will say, no. She will say, no. And guess what? She could be making a million dollars a year, but you say, can your man stay at home and take care of the kids and do the household chores? That's what he wants to do. He don't want to be out there making that million dollars because he know how stressful it is making a million dollars. But she wants to handle it. She wants to deal with it. Okay, cool. So now the man is like, but she says, I'm making a million dollars a year. You gonna work. You gonna do something. Think about that stress. But babe, I'm going to take care of the house. So I'm going to take care of the kids. I'm going to love you. I'm going to have your dinner when you come home. I'm going to do all this stuff. But then the, the the deflation, you ain't a man. A real man knows how to work. We have done that. And when a man kicks back or fight back against that, society smacks him. And don't forget, his boy is going to be like, bro, yo, that's not cool. I'm not, I wouldn't let no lady take care of me. I'm not going to let no woman take care of me. I'm not going to let her hold all those cards. And now she she wearing the pants in the house and telling you what to do. And, and whether they're serious or joking, you start hearing those things. And I think that there are some progressive households where, you know, the fathers, the husbands are staying home far and few in between, but I think they're starting to happen. But I think deeper then just maybe the decision to stay home or not is when the man no longer wants to do what he was doing. You, you said that, and I don't want to gloss over it because I think about funny people like Robin Williams, who took his life and he was this comedian and this actor. And, and I wonder, did he get to a place where he was like, I'm tired of telling jokes. I don't feel funny. Life is not funny to me, but that's how we knew Robin Williams, right? That's how we, he was the funny guy. He's the comedic and actor. And so now did he transition into this place where, you know, I, I don't want to be that no more, but because that's how we saw him and we pigeonholed him that way. And everybody, he probably couldn't get work in other areas or people didn't receive him, you know, maybe I want to go out and work in my community, but everybody only wants you to come if you're showing up as quote unquote, Robin Williams. And, and so now do you get into, and I'm just, I'm using him as an example, because he was a great 
you know, icon for so many of us. I grew up watching Mark and Mindy, you know, I mean, just that whole thing. And now you get into a different, you transition into a different place, but it's not received. And that's what I heard you saying. You may have somebody who has been a lawyer and a decorated lawyer and they're killing the game in law and they have this great practice. And now they decide, you know, I want to go and have a landscaping business. And people are like, wait a minute, you're a lawyer. You're making, you know, half a million a year. You know, you're this great thing. You can go on to be a judge and maybe one day be on the Supreme Court and you can do all. And he's like, I, I don't want that. I don't, I don't feel it no more. But that pressure that's placed on him to keep being what he had always been, that could impact his mental health. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times we forget that we're human. We're all human having a human experience. Society teaches us one thing and, and our the people that we decide to be with teaches us another thing. And then we're trying to live up to the expectation. But what happens when the pressure, like you said, what happens when everything hits you? I can tell you right now, when I was running 35 locations in seven different states and having 300 employees and dealing with 41,000 clients, I tell you, I was stressed every day. I was stressed. Yeah, I did have, like, I had, I was able to get, buy the clothes I wanted. I was able to go the places I wanted to go. I can travel and, and be everywhere I wanted to be. But man, I tell you, I'm having the most fun making less money in my life than I did when I was making way more money than I did because I feel less stressed. And the thing is that society demands, you know, like, hey, well, why don't you, you know, why was you making more money? Why are you making less money? Well, because I'm happier. <laughs> to whom much is given, much is required. And also, you know, we need to get our pastors, our ministers, our church leaders trained on how to deal with that stuff. I think about the scripture that talks about how we should let our how we should be in good health as our souls in good health and that we should be in a place where we're prospering on both ends spiritually and naturally. And the Bible says, you know, um, you know, it talks about how we have a natural, we have a natural and we have a spiritualality. And we talk about, it talks about the differences of what that looks like. How can you be um, any spiritual good? If you know, naturally good, you got to have a balance, you know? And he always talks about when you bind in heaven, he's going to bind in earth, whatever you loosen, how I'm going to loose on earth. So there is the contrast that the Bible continues to lay to us that we need these things in order to be good. The Bible talks about being happy. The, the Bible talks about a season. When you read Ecclesiastes chapter three, it talks about all these different processes that we go through. But what everybody needs to do is when you need help, I need help. Just say it. Just speak it. Anyone that's willing to hear me, just say it. Because when you speak it, people, everywhere, it doesn't matter. You may be a bishop. You may be a trained leader. You may be an elected leader. You may be the man of your house, the woman of your home. You may be whatever you may be in society. If you need help, say it. Forget all the accolades. Forget all the extra things that who cares what society thinks. It's about you. And I'm telling you, if we can get on that pound 988 number, pound 988 is free and you can make it happen. All you got to do is dial the number. But 
I think that for so long, the church have addressed our mental health issues as spiritual issues, as they need to be cast out. We, I, I, this is how you say it. We've, we have demonized mental health and we have made it abnormal for people to ask that it's not physical, it's mental. Oh, you're going to see a shrink or in the black culture or in other cultures, we don't talk about our issues. We just sit here and live with those issues. Man, I'm tired. Sharice, I tell you what, I talk about my issues now. Sometimes like the pressure, I get a thousand invitations a week to be at stuff. And society tells me that's what you want to do to get elected again. But then what do you tell the people? Like, I can't be at a thousand things. I got to work. I got a family. I got... And it's like, they don't want to hear that. And I said, how much PTSD is elected officials going through? How much PTSD is everyone else? Like Sharice, people depend on you to pay them every single month. How much stress is that on you? It's a lot. It's a it lot. It becomes a lot. And you said, I need help. Also, the other thing is, it's okay to say, I'm not okay. You yes. know, when my late husband passed away, I was like brokenhearted. I was just... It, it was tragic for me. I was in this space. But the one thing that I had presence of mind, people would say, you know, how are you? And I would say, I'm not okay. Because I wasn't. I was not okay. I was heartbroken. I, and I knew the scriptures. And I know that God is my comfort and all of those things. I still was heartbroken. I still was hurting. And I wasn't okay. It was a day by day. Because so often as strong leaders, as strong people, you know, people say, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, it, in the church, we, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, I'm good. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We start throwing things out. It's good to speak it and to put it in the atmosphere. I believe that. But there's also a season and a time where you may need to say, I, I'm not okay. I'm not good. You know, I'm I'm down. You know, I'm not feeling okay. And let and be okay with letting people know that because then people can respond to you accordingly. And, and be able to help you, be able to fill your cup up. Leaders pour, we pour out and we're pouring and our we're pouring and our cup becomes empty and we have no one to pour back into us. And But if we're steady telling people our cup is full, I'm good, I'm yeah. good, I'm yeah. okay, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Everything is all good. Well, I don't you know, know Therese, if they people really want to know how we feeling. I don't know if they really care. Like, you know, do they really, like when someone, ask, when you ask them how they doing, do you really care that you- That's that why you good? say I'm not good. I'm telling you because yeah. when people, no, I, what you're saying is right. We say stuff out of, um religion out of being religious we religiously say how are you yeah okay and so but when you say i'm not okay you know who really wanted to know how you were doing and who didn't i know right. there's times i've said i'm not okay and the person said okay well keep being blessed and went on you didn't even hear what i said they because nope. they just they, they they were on rotation right they were on auto dial how you doing? What's going on? And so they already had the whole conversation planned. But when you asked me and I say, I'm not okay. If you really cared how I was doing, you caught that. Well, that's why I don't let people tell me. Y'all was like, well, tell you, tell your wife. I said, hello. Tell this person. I said, hello. Tell this person. I said this. No, if you got the number, you call them, you tell them. They you need to hear them. from you. 
exactly nobody like i think that people when it comes to our mental health it's all psychological but every human just like a car needs a tune-up computers need tune-ups we need to be turned off. We need to have a turn off switch. We need to have a turn on switch. We need to have a switch where, you know, it needs to be, a, a car needs to be adjusted. Your therapist help give you adjust adjustments. That's why you have to have a good circle around you because they help give you adjustments. They help you think about things in the right way. Sometimes your mind doesn't, sometimes my mind wander off like, is this really worth it? And then you have, then you have someone that's like, no, it's worth it. Keep going. You're doing great. Da, da, da. But I think they expect leaders to perform and not everybody is able to perform. One of the things that I challenged everybody in my life was even underneath this, as you guys are listening on the sound of my voice and my podcast and uh, underneath this podcast, as well as um, on social media, wherever you may be seeing is hashtag resources, put the resources underneath this podcast, underneath this live, underneath this platform, wherever you may be hearing or viewing it, put the resources out there, hashtag resources for houses, and then put a house resource, hashtag resource for utility bills, put a, put a utility company or someone that helps out hashtag, whatever the resource is, hashtag mental health, hashtag resource for mental health. I've been challenging people to get into the call of action, put in resources for the item because man you don't even know when people are going through financial struggles that's a whole mental health it's not something that you can really you can go to counseling you could talk about better financial management you can go to you can go to these places and you can get some learning on how to make your credit better you can go places and talk about credit repair and all this other stuff but at the end of the day when you're dealing with the issue it's it's right now but when you get help for the issue, you need to be able to have something ongoing. And I think that's a lot of times we forget. So I'm challenging everyone with the sound of my voice to hashtag resources, hashtag resources for, and then put the item there. You don't know, but we can create a movement of resources always ongoing, never stop. If you're a therapist, you're a doctor, you're someone that wants to help people, hashtag resources for a therapist. You know, whatever that may be, but give your time. Dr. Shreese, did you know that therapists are booked all the way into 2023? They're booked? I believe booked. it. I believe it. But I'm happy about that. If they're booked, that means people are seeking them out. I and would rather have... Too. There's a shortage, but I would rather have our therapists booked than sitting around twiddling their thumbs. <laughs> Um, because people aren't calling them, people aren't utilizing them. And we definitely need more qualified licensed therapists in the field because it so many of us, we need we need our therapists. Um, I wanted to I wanted to say two things. I wanted to go back. I just wanted to reiterate what you said in case somebody listening in the back needs to hear this because you rattled past it so quick. Um, when you were talking about all of your offices that you had and all your employees, I remember when you were making the decision to downsize and to sell off some of your offices and really, and initially I was like, what? get an operations manager uh get a, a regional i think you already had an operations manager but i was like get a regional operations manager i, I started you know operationalizing because my background i come from operations so i'm like get you a regional manager and this regional can do this and that and you were like sharice you don't get it i still would have to oversee even those individuals it's taking away running this huge 
business is taking away from my quality time with my children, from finding a mate, from working in my community, doing other things that I'm wanting to do. It's pulling away. It's no longer satisfying. And I got it in that moment because initially, you got all this money coming in, you got all, but it's not about that. Sometimes less is more. Your quality of life went up when you downsized and were able to let that go. So there's someone who may be listening to us where you're thinking, man, I want to downsize. I'm in this 5,000 square foot house and I'm making this, you know, huge mortgage payment and I got the Bentleys and I got, but you got all the bills and all the repairs and all the main, you got everything that comes with that. And you want to downsize, but you feel like you're letting your family down or it, it would be inappropriate for you. Downsize. You know, what? Else? you may be a, I commend um, one of my sons. I commend him because he had promoted into this managerial position that he worked for and he wanted and he did it and he was in it for a couple of years. And he was like, this isn't what I want to do. You know, well, I, I, think that, I think that we've, we have to look at like success. What is success defined, man? I'm yeah. telling you, when I was making great money, I said, ooh, doggy, I made a lot of money. But then at the end of the day, it became the trade-off. The trade-off. What, what, you're going to sacrifice something. What is it that you want to sacrifice? What is it that means that much to you? I'm going to tell you right now, the more you pour into people, the more success you will have in your life. The more you pour into people, the more you sow seeds of life into people, the more you're going to reap. It's better to, to die a poor man in, in wealth than, um, and then to die a rich man in money, but no one comes to see where they laid you. Um, at the end of the day, you have to, you, you have to, you have to negotiate with yourself. You want to live a certain lifestyle? Go ahead. I, I was telling um somebody, I was like, well, how much money do you want to make in your life? Because, you know, think about it. Only 10% of Americans make $100,000 or more. So that means the chances of you finding someone that makes $100,000, you're, you're getting in the top 10%. Most Americans are 20, depending on what group you're in, we're putting in groups. You're only 20,000, 30,000, maybe at best 40,000. But only the top 10% makes $100,000 or more. So that's kind of the reality of our society. We have a working poor class here in America. And so the question is, how much do you want to work? How much freedom do you want to have? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? It's a lot of stress being an entrepreneur. It comes up and down. It comes with highs and lows. It, um, yes, low. you know, it, I'm a witness. When it's low, 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 low. <laughs> it's true because you know i was a six-figure corporate chattering the glass filling person and um in 2015 i transitioned into entrepreneurship full-time but i've done less i've done more with less the countries i've traveled to i had never well i went out the country when i was 16 um to the bahamas yeah but outside of that um as an adult i had never traveled outside the country until i left my six-figure job and became an entrepreneur and See? now i haven't been out the country i think like 12 13 i've well, lost count look no, <laughs> like, i gotta plan trips i'll be wanting to go on trips but i i'm like man who i'm gonna go with <laughs> But I, I am glad I did go to well, Dubai. You went to Dubai with me. Hey, oh, hey. 
you know. Uh, but yeah, I've been in just the people that I've met and all the things that I've been able to do, you know, I didn't do all of those things until I no longer had a nine to five. And that's for me. It's nothing wrong with a nine to five. I don't know what God has for me. He may call me into another nine to five at some point. In time. I don't know. But I'm just saying that that change is OK. Change can be good. We have to learn to embrace change. Um, change challenges us, but it also builds us. And that's how we evolve is through change. And we have to be okay with change and give people grace and mercy who are going through a change. Don't always put your ideas off on somebody else because at the end of the day, you don't know you're not in their shoes. You don't know how their walk is. You don't know what they're dealing with and that change may be necessary for them. I want to transition just a little bit while I got you because we are not going to, uh, number one, you hard to get now that you, <laughs> you know, you a political powerhouse, you know, uh, you, you hard okay. to get. So while I got you. A mint, uh, you said I'm a political powerhouse. Let's go. Let's go. Right, if you're a powerhouse you. right now, I want you to hashtag powerhouse right now below. Put it in the comments below. Hashtag powerhouse. powerhouse. If you're a powerhouse, you know it. You better hashtag it. You're go so ahead. funny. I want to transition <laughs> for just a few minutes and talk about get more into relationships. I want to get your perspective. I want to get your perspective. Oh. I don't know about this one, Sharice. This may not, this may set me up for not being reelected. <laughs> okay, perspective on relationships. Okay. Um, be, and the reason why is because, you know, I have the Phenomenal Women Empowerment Network. I work with a lot of women. My targeted market is women. Uh, you know, with the podcast, you know, we reach a lot of women. And, and the women's perspective is strong, okay? But I got a man on the mic. So I want to be able to give your perspective and have this dialogue because what I'm finding out in this uh, culture and climate and community that we're living in, um, and now that I have been thrusted back into the world of dating, um, I'm meeting a lot of men, and I'm finding a lot out, and I'm hearing a lot, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yes, yes, yes. But what I kind of want to talk about it is the. I think that there is a misnomer that men, like for so long, for us women, we're like you know, um, men are you know, men are going to cheat on you. Men are not always forthright and we usually have this whole perspective about men and you know they're using us and you know they they trying to drive your car they moving into your house they doing all of this and you know they're we talk about that openly but now i'm coming across men that are getting a little bitter because they like women are trying to use them. It's like, I meet a woman and, you know, I barely know her last name. And she asking me to pay her electric bill and buy her car and pay her car note and do all of this stuff. And um, and so maybe to a place where they're like, look, I'm talking about I'm more than my checkbook. I'm more than my credit card. Uh, I have feelings, emotions. I have needs, you know, 
and that type of thing. So what would you say from a male's perspective um, on dating out here and just on how you, how a man desires to be treated and what men are looking for? First of all, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and only you can ask that question. That's a really good question. Um, you know, number one, I, 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 before you do anything in life, it's about what is, what are you trying to accomplish? So number one, if you're going to date, you need to know what, what the goal is of dating. The goal is either is this is like, you're looking for someone. Is it a three part step? Number one, are you trying to get married? Are you dating to get married? Number two, are you dating to get engaged? Or number three, you're dating to uh, have fun with someone. So number one, you need to identify what you want out of the relationship or out what you're looking for. Number two, you need to set the standards and the boundaries. What stand? What will be your standards and boundaries while you're dating and while you're navigating? Will that be you being promiscuous? Or will that be you being more Sullivan? Or will that be you looking for someone that's more spiritual? Or will that be you looking for more stuff? Because the, the truth of the matter is, is that when you go see, if you're spiritual, you go see your gynecologist and she tell and he or she tells you, hey, you need to get some activity going down there, but you save, sanctify, fill with the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to find some alternatives, okay? <laughs> you have to figure out how you're going to address that issue because there is a natural release that happens in your body. So you're going to have to look at that too. Right. <laughs> so you're gonna have to you're start crazy. looking. At, <laughs> so you're gonna have to start looking at this holistically, realistically, and spiritually too. What do you want? I mean, because there's some things that must happen in order for you to be successful. Number, this is the number three thing. Is this is that what will be the financial economic impact that this person will have in your life, or what you're looking for them to have in your life? What is the financial impact? that you want them to have in your life? Is that you paying the bills? Is that him paying majority of the bills? Is that him going out on dates with you and paying for most of your stuff? Because some of y'all women, I know this, y'all only date men to go get that free meal, that free trip, that free purse, them free shoes. And if you're going to do it, just go ahead and do it. Just know that there's going to be some things that you're going to have to sacrifice, which is going to be your emotions, going to be your pride. It's going to be the, this, the, um, the disruptive this um the the abrupt interruptions in your relationships where he just don't want to deal with you anymore so whatever you set out to get that's whatever you set out to get that's what you're going to get so your energy automatically is going to tell me and i'm not even going to deal with your dress code because i think a woman should be able to be feminine and be able to dress how she wants to dress without a man being a slime ball or whatever or a significant other being a slime ball and, and coming at you you should be able to dress and feel comfortable, but you should also recognize that if you dress a certain way, you're going to get a certain thing coming your way. And it has nothing to do with you, sister, has nothing to do with you, man. It just has something to do with how society has trained. So number one, I always go into a relationship knowing, I always go into a situation knowing what my goals are. And if your goals are just to get gifts and get things like that, cool, roll with it because it's going to be a roller coaster. But you're okay for it because you're built for it. That, that, that's the first be a step. roller coaster. I like <laughs> that though, because it's true because you're going into it materialistically, but you're expecting 
a um you're expecting to have this wonderful encounter but you're going into it materialistically you're going into it what's for me what am i yeah. going to get out this relationship am i going to get a car am i going to get some shoes am i going to get a purse am i going to get this am i going to get my bills paid he needs to be able to take care of me he needs to be able to handle all of this or he can't be with me and all those sorts of things um but i guess what I say, and I, I had an earlier podcast episode on this, is to women, you know, what are you bringing to the table? Because men have needs too, you know, and not all sexual. I, you know, now sexual is for real. That's a, a that's probably that's in the top two. Well, I think that the, I think, <laughs> well, that's a real conversation because just because, um, People are having more intimacy. People are having sex. People are doing that. And that's some women, some women is just like a, a nymphomaniac. Like they need to have it all the time. You know what I'm saying? They're a nympho. And so there is, there's that for that. It, but this is the thing. You have to be safe. You got to use protection. You got to understand, but there's levels to it, right? So when, when a woman, and this again goes back to the training, when a woman is trained about a boy, a man is a boy from 20 to 30 and younger, they like sex rabbits, like I want sex, 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 sex. Then um, as they get older, well, sex start declining. It does not become more. And, and, and you said you want a successful man. Well, let me tell you, a successful man's sex drive is going to go down too. You know why? Because he's so focused on being successful. He's so focused on his money, his energy. He's so focused. He's not going to have time to want, he may not, a man may not even be cheating on you. He just may not even want you because he's so into what he's doing. That is his drive. And so that is a balance. And that's something that women got to prepare for. And if she says, well, I want my Gucci, my Louis, that's okay with me. Da, da, da. Okay, well, think about when that man don't want to have sex with you for three weeks. Think about when he don't really want to have sex with you for two months. And he doesn't really even know that he's messing up your whole sex drive. And the first thing women think, he's cheating on you. And, and it's not true because women cheat on men just as much as men cheat on women. You know what that's I'm saying? True. So it can be so women, when they get in, when women get into their forties, they sex drive go up. Men's sex drive goes down. So now you like, I need to have sex. Some, men. <laughs> Some men. No, they all. I was just watching a pastor on paternity court. He was a whole bishop on paternity court. Okay, he he about he must have been about a good fifty two, but he was on paternity court. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and so that so these are the things. That's gonna happen, and um, I, I I understand the the um the Bible and what it talks about and things like that, and I'm just getting to a different place in my life now where we don't I can't look at sex as the premier sin that that spiritual people have made it out to be, um, I just can't look at it like that. I gotta look at it like a sin is a sin. If you if you're having sex before you married, then you're gonna need some more help on it. It's just like if you're lying to someone, you need to work on being a truth teller. Just like if you are a thief, you need to work on st stealing less. It's just like if you're not a prayer, you need to start praying more. So all these different things you gotta have. But people now, even now, people are moving in with each other before they get married, and so that is to build relationship. That's to understand who you are. And everyone has different perspectives on if they should be married before they move in. But I'm going to give you, I give you an example. The, remember the prophet in the Bible, God told that man to go to that woman's house. He going to cook. She going to, you stay with that woman 
and you stay with her. And on top of that, I want you to cook for him and take care of him. And it didn't happen. And you didn't hear about no hanky panky. The Lord told a woman who um, the Lord told um, a prophet to marry a prostitute. And that prophet married the prostitute. And guess what? Later came down her bloodline, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So these things and relationships does matter, but we got to get out of, we got to take a holistically look at what it is and what your goals and what you're trying to do. And as you get older, I think a lot of women have fear of being single as they get older and they're 45, 50, 55, 60. Shoot, people are finding love. So I would say, woman, prepare yourself for your husband because when you are prepared, he will be there. But the more you spend thinking about it, I always find myself getting into something good when I'm not thinking about that good thing. You already said your prayer. Y'all got to stop this. And, and this is the thing. And I'll stop talking. Y'all got to stop praying for what God has already said. He's going to give you anyways. Why are you still praying about, well, Lord, I need me a man. I need this. I need a woman. I need this. Why are you praying about that? He says, when a man findeth a wife, he finds a good thing. How does a man find a wife? That means that she must have been a wife because if I find her and she's already a wife from the natural speaking, that means I will be committing adultery. But that's not what he says. A wife is a woman that's prepared to take on a husband. See, that's what we have to learn how to do. You're already prepared. You're already ready to go. You're already suited booty. You already got things going on. And that man will add to you. Now, check this out. When you're in your 20s, he may not have everything, but he may be smart. He may be in college. You see a lot of opportunity. When he's getting his 30s, he's starting to kind of understand where he where he's going. And he's maybe in his first job, first career, first real situation he got going forward. By the time he's in his 40s, he should be being able to own his own home. He should be having his own car. He should be setting sail to doing some things. He should have maybe some maybe some light investments. By the time he get into his 50s, that man should be well-established. He should have a well-informed thought about what life really is and a, a real responsibility because he's been doing these things all this time. By the time he's 60, he should be getting ready for retirement and getting ready to go on his vacations. And he should have a retirement. By the time he's 70 years old, a man should have already have established a lineage of his family. If that's what it's going to be. He should already have his, he should already have had his affairs in order. And he should look at how he's going to spend his best days because his, his best days, his, his best days are behind him and he's moving to a season day. So every level, there's another level. Every man should be ready, but every woman should be prepared to meet her men because there's things that happens in women. Menopause begin to happen. She's not, she no longer becomes sexually active as much. She may not want to go and move around and do all this other stuff and this and this and blah, blah, blah. She may not want to do all that stuff. So there has to be a growing impact. But I think in relationships, if you don't evolve through communication and through the changing of time, then you're not going to have a lot of success in that relationship. So it's important if you're going to have success, there's going to be work. If you want your person to make a lot of money, there's going to be less time for you. If you want your person to be this great, awesome person, guess what? Get ready to sacrifice. And don't complain that he's not doing that because you wanted him to do something more. So set your priorities, set your top three things. You want your man to be the financial earner in the house? Just remember, when he's financially earning and he finally get used to you, guess what? You cannot be number one. You married him to be a financial earner. That's what he's going to do. If you marry him to be whatever you marry him to be, that's what he's going to do. So remember, it's going to take seconds. So you got to evolve and you got to grow together. That's
That's best Ooh, 15. That was all a mouthful, mouthful, mouthful. Uh, so what do you think about, because you quoted the scripture, the man who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Um, that also lends that the man is the pursuer. But I'm meeting a lot of men who want to be pursued by women. What do you, what's your take on that? Go for it, sis, if you found them. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm, we're talking about mental health too in relationships. A man likes to be chased. Let me tell you, I'll take a rose. <laughs> I may not post it, but I'll take a rose. You are, <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so women should be out here chasing behind the man. I, I ain't going to say that, but now think about this. Now, if I'm old school, I say, oh, no, that's not what the, that's not what the Bible says. But really think about this. Let's think about this. God made Adam first. Then he took one man out of his womb and he birthed Eve. And then he said that I want you to work and help this person move along in life. I want you to do everything you can. So that means that sometimes Eve was taking the lead on some stuff because she's there to help. And then sometimes Adam was taking the lead because he needed um, because he needed to take the lead. So at any given time in a relationship, the roles can be reversed 60, 40, 30, 70. I think about Elizabeth. Her, she tells me how when her um, mom and dad was married, her dad fell and slipped on a ladder and broke his back and he was down. He couldn't work for over a year. Her mom had to step up and be the breadwinner for the household. She had to be strong and manage through that in a time that society did not accept women in lead roles and they was not accepting women to be the head household for that man they probably had all kinds of stuff but if a woman knows what she wants she's gonna pursue back she already pursues back she already women already do this stuff men we're just let, let's just be real like you see a good looking man he got it going on like oh girl look at him he got it he clean he got it going on look at his tie look at his shoes look at his ribs look at that Ooh, he got a girl let me tell you about him oh my god y'all already do that and then you're like let me call him back he calling me right now let me get off the phone he calling me right now you already doing it or 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 better yet oh Oh, I seen he at the club or he at church or wherever. You find your little old self bumping into him along the way because you seen him. You thought he was looking at you, but really he was looking at for that apple pie that was being cooked in the back. But you knew he was looking at you. And so you just shoot your shot. And you women have been chasing men. Let me tell you. Delilah didn't get it's with chasing. Oh, D, it's not that we're chasing. We're allowing ourselves to be found. Yeah, it says a, a man who no, that's mental health. That I got to be positioned so that you can find me. So yeah. I got to make sure that, you know, I'm findable so that you can find me. And I'm, I'm going to Google you. That's what I'm going to do. Google. Siri, tell me who I need to find right now. Google <laughs> no, I think that you're right. We do have to be positioned. The man has to be positioned just like the woman has to be positioned. But guess what? Right. The woman got the toughest job of it all. And what is that? She has to say yes. So if she, remember, a house is not a home without the woman. A house, uh, a family is not a family without the woman. A family, uh, um, if there's so much tied to the woman, she has the power role in the life of the family. 
And even though the, the Bible tells us what the role of the man is supposed to be, protect and provider, if the man, if the man is, if the head is, 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 is cut off, then it, it shatters, the, the, if the leader is cut off or whatever, it, it scatters the sheep and all this other stuff. And, but let me tell you, the woman got the responsibility to say yes. So she has to, she has to allow, she has to know just like an ego, a female ego, she goes and take branches for the male ego to catch before it hits the branch, before it hits the ground. She takes a light one, a medium one, and a heavy one. And you need a man who can catch you before you hit the ground. So you have to put him through series of tests, even though he may look at you, but you're going to be pursuing because you know what you want too. You know how to kind of, you kind of, you know, y'all women got that discernment. Y'all know how to do it. I mean, but when the pursuit becomes diligent, man, there's nothing wrong with a woman identifying a potential mate. It's not like she's trying to marry the person when she meet them. She's just identifying her potential mate. I'm going to say it like that. You, It's okay, women, for you to identify your potential mate and go in for the job interview, just like you would anywhere else. We're in a different time. You are I in I can't with you. I can't with you. What does that mean? Independent? That's I N D E P E D E N T. That's what y'all be saying. Let's go. All right. I'm <laughs> a whole car. I can't oh, nah. with you. <laughs> Come on, y'all be knowing like let me tell you, a woman knows how to do it. It I mean, that's just but you know, you gotta be careful. There's all kinds of women out there. But let me just tell you, women, if you see some good looking guy that's looking all dapper and you want to check him out. Check them out. Just don't sleep with them. Give them something to wait for. Don't be so like, but I'm going to be honest. There's some women out there that just be sleeping around with everybody too. They didn't sleep with everybody. I know some cold hearted women that will sleep with a lot of people and don't think twice. Just think about it as like, but if that's all happens. they're looking for, if they're not looking for a long-term relationship and they just trying to live in a wild hot girl summer, what what's the problem was you as long as they're honest with everybody as long as they not you know they taking care of themselves they're using protection they're not looking for anything more than that is there a problem with that because men well, have been I doing think, it for years and decades well the problem is is that women this is the this is the reality is that y'all not built like men to do that kind of stuff because the minute remember you guys are internal a woman is internal the man inserts into the woman her everything he inserts. And so what happens is that when she's having multiple partners, that then becomes multiple different types of bacteria that her body has to fight off, which causes her body more harm because a man is um, because a woman is, is internally accepting and a man is externally giving. And so a woman is more susceptible to disease and things that may not be may just be regular weird bacterials type stuff that that's common if you're eating after everyone if you're having that and a man can catch it but it's much more harder for a man to catch um those type of those type of things than it is for a woman because a man is external woman's internal it's very challenging so now you don't wouldn't put the woman back in the box 
She can't well, have a hot girl summer. She <laughs> you done went and tucked her back away. You just gave her all this freedom, and now you done just took it all back and said, "Well, I got to give, you know. I, I got to give her the reality, like, sis. I know you want to be, I know you want to be out there, like, getting it in, and you know, doing your thing, like, hey, let's go, girls, let's go. You got your tight jeans on and things like that. Make sure they're not too tight, okay? Make sure they're too tight. Just, just make sure they're just tight enough. If you're gonna wear them, um, but I think the reality is that. A woman has, you know, God built us differently and to, to, to withstand different things too. And so there's the double standard. The, I mean, a man could do, there's certain things that, um, you know, there's certain things that God built us to be capable of withstanding versus a, a woman to withstand over a longer period of time because he's kind of built us a little bit differently. A man, a hundred pound man and a hundred pound woman, is, is a, that man is much heavier than a woman. You know what I'm saying? He's his frame. He's bigger. He's just bigger. A hundred pound man is bigger than a hundred pound woman. It's just what it is. Her vessel is totally different. You're fat. But I will say this though, women, if you're going to go out there and you're going to be there, just be safe. You know what I'm saying? We prefer the Christian world say practice abstinence. I tell you today, if you're going to practice abstinence, practice what you got to practice. But if you're going to be out there, you have to be safe about what you do. But it's okay. Go find him. Go chase him. Shoot. Well, look, I'm let me just say this for the record. Uh, my boo, he still needs to come and find me. I, I'm not chasing you down, boo. I need you to. I okay. Well, we'll say it like you. We'll just, That's make, for me. just present yourself. No, you just said a whole situation like I need to make myself available. I, I need do. to present I, myself. I present him. myself available. I, I'm making sure that I can be found, but my boo is going to have to drive up in my driveway. Because look, the one thing I know about a man is when a man knows what he wants, the, nothing stands between him and what he wants. And it doesn't matter if that's a a woman, um, his career, his job, his uh, car, his whatever. When a man knows what he wants, he goes for that. And he's decisive. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to think. You don't have to suppose. A man is clear. If a man is interested in a woman, she don't have to wonder. She don't have to wait by the phone. You know, he going to be pulling up. He going to be doing Women's all of the those same things. Thing, but the same thing for uh -huh. a woman too. Same thing uh -huh. for a woman, because y'all be indecisive too. Y'all women be out there tripping and acting all funny and shady and stuff. And y'all see a person trying to hit on y'all and y'all be sitting around here acting like, girl, I'm about to walk away from and watch this. Watch me make his mouth drop. Watch it. And then you walk away. All right, well, I got to go to the bathroom. Why does 20 girls got to go to the bathroom anyways? Okay. It's, it's just There's you. Why numbers. Safety in numbers. No, no, no safety in no number. Why does 20 women got to go to the bathroom at one time? Man. Now, I got to go to the bathroom and 20 pull it women off go. My foot. It's, I just it's like a choir. We need help. Sometimes we be having on corsets. We need somebody to unfasten it. Because, you know, we be trying to be snatched. We just so we go and we support clearly okay so i just need the praise team of women to stop always trying to feel like girl let's go to the bathroom you all go to the bathroom i don't i don't know what the restaurants do they say sneaking off with the drinks or not they all going in the bathroom probably going out the window ain't gonna pay for the drink you are but, so funny but let me ask you something let me ask you something since we talked about is it okay for men to buy women 
who may already be in a relationship drinks when they go out. Is it okay for men to buy women drinks and the woman is already in a relationship? Absolutely, it's okay. And here's why. Okay. <laughs> why? It all depends. You got to be, you got to be, you got to preface what you're saying. Because again, it's the expectation. Women and men can be friends. I'd have been out and you'd have bought me a drink and I was married to Mike. You was in a relationship with Creo, but you bought me a drink. I didn't buy you Don't be drink. calling me out. Don't be calling me out. I just want to know what the reality is. Cause shoot, cause I'm going to need some of these men to stop buying my wife drinks when they go out. You're just saying men. Yes, because men and women can be friends without any hanky-panky and at, without any sexual overtones. And we got to get past that. So the answer is yes. Now where it's inappropriate is if either one is in a relationship and there's sexual overtones or there's flirting or the because now you can start crossing boundaries. So are you buying the woman a drink because you want to hem her up in the bathroom? You want to oh, go have a quickie? Motor. Right. <laughs> it's your, it's, it's, you want to go, you trying to get them digits. And so you trying to get her a little drunk so she'll slide you to you know, put her digits in your phone. Cause I guess you don't slide digits anymore. You just put them in a cell phone. Um, and so it's the motive behind that. Are you, are you trying, are you crossing a boundary with sexual overtones and, being disrespectful actually of the relationship or are you friends and you're in a friendly environment and you are you know uh my brother carlos see i'll put him on the spot instead of you uh he's the same way we could be out somewhere and there may be a female in the in the midst and he may buy her a drink but he's not trying to get with well, her let he's me ask you something is it okay for women to buy men drinks what's good for the goose is good for the gander and okay, so, so women, I need y'all real quick. If you think that it's okay for a woman to buy a man a drink while they're out, I need you to go ahead and type one underneath this little live right here. We need to just do a survey. Or if just give us so your comments. You're, if you're listening your to the comments. podcast. Comment on the podcast. Okay. Give us your I want y'all to go ahead. This is the time that you take your phone out and you go ahead and screen record. You know, and then you're supposed to send money to us, but we're going to go ahead and let you dub it for a second. All right. Uh, we'll get you later on the copyright. We'll send the FBI to your front door of your house, but you go ahead and dub it real quick. But um, I need you to let us know that if it's okay for a woman to buy a man a drink while they're out, would you be the woman to buy your man a drink or buy another man a drink? That's not your man. You in a committed relationship, but would you be okay? Would you do that? I'm just saying. Comment. My friend, if he is my friend, yeah, I want to hear from everybody. I'm so tired of y'all saying friend. that it's my friend. I'm tired of y'all saying that's my friend. If he's my friend, if he's, do your if other he's person know friend, who your friend is? If he's my friend, he's my husband's friend. No, uh, uh no, that is Absolutely. not how that works. That is okay, not. Are you how saying that works. a strange oh, man? Are you saying a strange man? Is it okay no, for I, yeah any anybody any yeah a strange a strange man is different because now you're crossing some boundaries. But if it's a, somebody I know and it's my friend, yeah I, no, is it all? But let me say 
your friend, your male friend cannot is not automatically assumed to be the male friend of the person that you're married. If to. I married any male friend that I have is a friend of my husband. That's not true. It is true. That's not true. That's it not is true. true. It's not automatic. That man may not even want to talk to your husband. Well, then he don't want to talk to me. <laughs> so are you so are you so is it I need to hear I need other women to weigh in because I, I don't believe that I need other women to weigh in I mean I get the respect the cordial but I need other people this, this, this don't make any sense because what? my friend will be my friend huh what the foolishness is that what you saying <laughs> <laughs> there's some foolishness going on because I because it's, everybody should have their own friends. Like I believe everyone should have their own I friends. Agree. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know if they should be crossing over. Like this is the crossover. <laughs> gotcha. Well, <laughs> let me clarify what I mean. Uh, I do agree that everybody is entitled to have their friends. But as a you know, when I was married before my husband passed away, um, any male friend that I had. Mike was well aware of who that male friend was. They have been in each other's presence. And to some degree, they had a relationship. It may not be a, you know, uh, that's my boy all the time. But to some degree, they had some type of relationship. And right. my husband was okay with me being around that person. And okay. so I was never around a man that my husband was not aware of and was not okay with I me think, being around I mean, that I man. I think that's fair. I think that we supposed to have like, I think it's fair that we supposed to, uh, we, we, again, cause we have to have our own circle of influence. We can't always be thinking that this person should be able to eat up all this person's time because sometimes when you're in a relationship, you need a male perspective. You need a female perspective because sometimes you'd be thinking about it all wrong. You know what I'm yes. saying? And it's good to kind of have someone that you can bounce stuff off that does respect the person. But the old school said, don't, uh, don't you be telling her or him about what's going on in your business. They may try to get with you. That's all I'm saying. So there has to, there has to be a boundary, but the thing is, what is that boundary? You know, what is that boundary? And then number two, can the person like, like when you're young, they teach you, no, you only can have male friends. You can only have female friends. It's today's society. I don't know <laughs> because relationships are much different than they um, traditionally used to be. There's all I different think that types you of can have friends of the opposite sex, but I think it's all in how you conduct yourself, what yeah. type of boundaries and transparency. Um, because yeah. if you are truly, if this male, if you're a female and this male is truly your friend and you are in a committed relationship with someone else, your transparency is everything. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have to be huddled. You know, it, I'm I'm over here married and my male friend called me and now I'm in the corner huddled <laughs> up on the phone and all, you know, that's asking for trouble. Okay, that, that, why I gotta be huddled up? You know, I have no problem. There are plenty of times that I was talking to somebody, a male friend, and I put them on speaker so my husband could hear the conversation. Now, if they said, I need to have a private conversation, I'm gonna share something that's private then I would take him off speaker, but I didn't go move into another room and go, you know, I still sat there. But did my you husband, tell your husband what the private conversation was? 
No, because it was private. And my, and my husband understood that I'm a coach, I'm a counselor. And so he understood not to ask me for details. So it never became an issue, but he, I would let him know, okay, now this, it needs to be a private conversation based on what this person is saying. And he respected that. Um, but okay. I'm not huddled up in a closet somewhere. But you, but not... you have to set the parameters. Absolutely. Advance, like, cause absolutely you end up being too grown to be dealing with the foolishness of like, yes. hey, like one time I remember I was, um, me and Elizabeth, we was dating and stuff like that. And I, um, somebody, uh, was needing some help. And I spent some time praying with them on the phone. It was a female. And she's like, why are you praying with, with a female on the phone? That's disrespectful. That's this, that blah, blah, blah. And this and this. And I said, no, well, that's what we do. That's how we respond when people are in most trouble, we respond through prayer because sometimes yes. when you don't know what to say, you just say, let me just pray with you. Yes. Just to give you, you know, bow your to, hands. Yeah. Right. Bow your hands, Lord. Let's help you out. Right. Right. She didn't understand right. that custom right. that that's why so many people may say, Hey, I feel this way, but also I kind of, I don't know what to do. And what do I do? When I don't know what to do, I just go to pray. I'm like, let's pray. Let's right. go pray about the thing. Like, yeah. But the thing is, everybody needs to be able to do that. It doesn't matter how far you can say, I haven't talked to God in a long time. It don't matter. It don't matter where you are right now in your life. You can stay, you could take a moment and say, God, help me take time out to say it. Cause sometimes he be your, he answered prayers and Amen. he loves the Amen. people that pray from the heart. Amen. Amen. So, I guess on this live, I guess we found out that men and women can be in full relationships and have friends and can go outside and can actually have people buy them gifts. That's what I learned today. I hope you learned the same thing. <laughs> this is a new generation. I That's what's going on. That's what I just learned. That's what I just learned today. It's all, again, uh, transparency, boundaries, respect, all of those things come into play and you can have it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, so true. That I appreciate so true. you so that's much. True. Councilman, entrepreneurial mogul, uh, OG here. Jumping on here. Have relationship coaching advice. <laughs> Oh, I need to keep working on that. <laughs> keep working on the whole thing. Uh, this has been so much fun and we were long overdue. And I just, yes, we got on here and cut up a little bit. But in all seriousness, we do want you to um, take away at the end of the day that our mental health matters and that that is nothing to be played with. Um, we appreciate each and every one of you. We're going to be looking forward to seeing the comments and the podcast feeds and all those sorts of things. And, you know, I'll make sure those get shared. If you're checking this out on YouTube, you'll, you'll drop your comments. We, we going to be checking it out, you know, all those sorts of things. And so, uh, we hope that we had you, you know, thinking, laughing, pondering, uh, it's all good on this day. And I, I just, again, appreciate you, O.D. Harris. And you all have a wonderful holiday season, a new year. Uh, all the love from Therese, from myself, and Done With The Dumb Stuff podcast family. Uh, we are definitely out of here. Uh, peace on to you. You have been listening to Done With The Dumb Stuff, hosted by Sharice L. Irby. 
please connect with Sharice on Instagram at Sharice Speaks and like, subscribe, and turn on your YouTube notifications on her channel, Sharice Speaks. If you would like to purchase your I'm Done With The Dumb Stuff t-shirt or any other tea that you may have seen Sharice or guests wearing, visit notnowapparel.shop. Please take a moment to catch up on our previous episodes until we chat again.